I love you guys. Thank you so much for sending a slice of the Space Coast to me once a week over here in San Antonio, Texas. So, are you just going to ask me questions and I can answer it and then we'll go from there? And you can edit out anything that makes me look stupid. I'll think about your pretty smile. Or if I say something really messed up that needs to be gone. A lot of times I look at you and I feel I don't, I don't call no girls in the middle like of the night. Now. You got the wrong number. Declan, you like the Foo Fighters? No. The Quick Brown Fox. Lazy dog. Go get it. Lazy dog. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we all sound okay. Diction is stung with the tip of the tongue and the tea. Diction is stung with the tip of the tongue and the tea. I don't know. That just sounds so un- such an uncomfortable thing to say. Yeah. Sounds like you're on jacked up on coke. Diction is stung with the tip of the tongue and the tea. Take it down, take that down, take it down, take it down, did it. I would go think that it's just the first syllable and then the second noun, dick and then tongue. Oh, it doesn't go together. Diction is done with the tip of the tongue. Tip of the tongue? And the T. Book of the Beppo. The quasi Italian restaurant. Hamana, Hamana. Hamana, Hamana. Hamana, Hibana, Hibana. That's a lot of hullabaloo. That's a lot of rigmarole. <laughs> I know how, how are we sounding? Great, great. We're sounding great. How are you sounding, sir? I'm sounding great as well. I think we're doing pretty good. Hi. Hey. 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 Good morning. Oh, oh top of the morning. Shiver me timbers. <laughs> Cursed <laughs> charms. What? Curse charms. Needs mm-hmm. <laughs> to be so lucky. They're after me lucky charms. <laughs> I'd make a movie of that with Colin Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. I just watched a Colin Farrell movie. They were uh, in Bruges. They were on an island, and it, his best friend just decided all of a sudden not to be oh, his best friend anymore. Very oh, good. That movie. looks weird. The huh? Banshees of Innis. Uh, oh, yeah. So good. It was, uh, it was so weird. Martin dude. McDonough's. It, well, uh, there's a great. I saw the message. It's such a good message behind that story. Uh, uh, he was also great. The, the, the actor you just mentioned, um, Troy. He was in the Gangs of New York. He was the, um, the Irishman. Um, Set his keys up on the thing. Yeah, he, and no he ended up dying towards the end. He kind of took the wrong team at the very beginning. He wasn't part of the – or no, he joined the Rabbits, but then uh, when the guy's de- – Leonardo's dad died, he was kind of – he kind of shied in the background. He was like oh. the, the leader to come up. Was he bold? Uh, yeah, and he yeah. was the police officer at the end with the mallet. Really? That was uh, – oh. And he was also teammates with the stepbrothers guy. Yeah, yeah, he uh, – uh, Riley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He died, and he was also the the, the father in uh, Billy Elliot. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. I love him, man. He's a great. Actor. Oh, he's a good. Oh, yeah. He, I like he um, uh, tough but soft at the same time. 
one thing you're going to know about me when you talk to me on a podcast. Uh, I will know things, but it's like <laughs> the guy from the thing, and then it's trying to figure out the guy from the thing. I can never remember these guys' names. We got right. the encyclopedia yeah. cinema got here. Yeah. The clarifier. We got yeah. Jay. We do. So uh, what are we, episode 172? In a doobity doo In a doobity doo 172. Yes. How do you do? Um, episode 172, Adjust the Mic podcast. Uh, welcome. Uh, Colleen could not make it with us today. I'm uh, one of your co-hosts, uh, Mr. Scott Geyser, and uh, we have Pressure T, Mr. T, Tedward Kilogram. We have <laughs> every cool name in the book to my left over here. Uh, thanks for coming, T. How you doing, man? Super duper. Awesome. And yeah. You, you, um, you found somebody thumbing up the road or something that you knew, and you said he knew things. Yeah, he just went a ride, and I was like, okay, give me some cinema facts and et cetera. Yeah, you gave him the whole story. You gave him the whole pat down. You made sure he was safe coming yeah. in, you know. A little gnarly. I was like, whoa, who's this guy? From the way that he looks, that wild eye uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, he had the little one eye and the eye patch. It's kind yeah. of gnarly, you know. But he's here. That's him chuckling. Uh, Mr. Che, how you doing, man? Pretty good. Thanks for having me Did here. we build that up properly? You filled it up well. Awesome, man. I just happen to know things. We won't remember it, and then next time it'll be totally different, we promise. Oh, that'll change. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks for joining us, man. Thank T, you. Thanks for setting us up. I know we tried to catch you a few times, but uh, we haven't been able to, uh, but I'm glad we've been able to tonight. I appreciate you guys uh, having me here. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks yeah. for coming. Um, I feel like there's something we were talking about before we uh, started recording is I think we just need to... Pee Wee Herman died, man. Yeah, I know. Hat tip. Uh, Entertainer. Do you guys have uh, Pee Wee Herman memories or stories or like Pee Wee Herman is one of those guys I feel like that uh, uh, something happened in your life that you saw him and he made you laugh in some way and it stuck with you. He's that type of guy, right? Yeah. Uh, what about you, Che? Do you have like a memory of Pee Wee well, Herman? Well, like, you know, the, uh, the first time I saw a movie with... Um, uh, Big Adventure. Sorry, uh, I was thinking of Paul uh, Rubens, the actor, but like yep. Pee Wee Herman, the character. Yep. I remember I saw the movie as a kid. Uh, this was like years after it came out, yep. maybe a decade. And, and let so. me just before I, I'm gonna, I'm sitting here calling him Pee Wee Herman the whole time, and <laughs> and Mr. Che over here is like Paul Ruben, uh, yeah, 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 the actor himself. Go. Let's throw some respect. True. <laughs> and, and, and I'm with you a thousand percent. That's so true. I needed to. Back that up and talk. Say that. No, no, uh, no. I my memory is Pee Wee Herman. That's that's how I know him, and my fondness. So continue, sir. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay because I don't know if you're like uh, talking specifically about the character. The yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, like, like the, um, the I saw Pee Wee. I saw uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. And uh, like I don't know, like 10, 12 years after it was released, um, but the one scene that uh, like uh, it was just ironic because. Um, this one scene was imprinted on me because he was uh, he went to uh, to see the Alamo. Yeah, I forgot yep. some sort of question, but he kind of uh, humiliated himself in front of the tour guide. He asked a question, and the tour guide corrected him, and that just left him all shaking. Yeah, and at that time, I was uh, 
it was like one of the first times I wrote an actual paper and like a, like a little essay yeah. when I was in elementary school, and it was exactly about the Alamo. Oh, okay. and so like just at the same time that happened. So you were writing something about the Alamo. He's at the Alamo. He's getting corrected. You're doing a little piece on that, so they hit home with you. Exactly. In fact, I was just uh, I remember I was in the house on the kitchen table, and I was just um, going through books about uh, going through books about the. Uh, Alibo, the teacher that provided, yeah. and um, at the same time, the television was playing the movie, and just by coincidence, it that's funny, but that's the only thing I saw of Pee Wee Herman. But you know, movies of Paul Rubens, um, you know, the um, the first movie I um, the I later saw him in um, another movie with Johnny Depp, it's called um, uh, Ooh, I can pull something up, he played a dealer, Blow, there you go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blow. yeah. Was I was cool. just thinking that, too. And he said Johnny Depp, and I went blank. <laughs> Such a good movie, man. He played a good part in that movie. That movie was fantastic. Oh, yeah. It was, it and, was a, such a change to the, the character that I was used to, you know, but it was, like, refreshing. He was still just captivating on screen. He played a cool role. It was great. I love him, man. Oh, no. It's like, yeah, it's a, he, he did a great job, uh, Johnny Depp. He did a great job. And so did Paul Rubens. He played the... Um, he played the the relaxed Californian pot dealer. Yeah, uh, yeah. And um, but you know that's crazy. Um, when when we started talking about Paul Rubens, you you referred to him as Pee Wee Herman because that's who you remember him as. Yeah, that's that's who he is for me. And uh, Johnny Depp, you know, um, I what makes him such an amazing actor is that you'll remember him. Oh, I remember him. Um, grapes. Uh, sorry. Sorry, grapes. Gilbert Grapes. Oh yeah, was eating earlier. Yeah. Oh, I was like, uh, I remember for like Edward Scissorhands or. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, even Sleepy Hollow. So when I saw him in the movie Blow, I was like, Oh, that's Ichabod Crane dealing drugs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally right. <laughs> but uh, it, that's but that's Johnny Depp. He like every movie that I saw him, seen him, in, especially when I was a kid, he's like a completely different personality. Yeah. And it's like this is the same guy. It, it's pretty amazing how, uh, uh, you know, there's so many actors out there, there's only, but there's only a few that can uh, that have some range in them that can be captate, captivating in many different ways. And, I mean, he might not have been this A-list guy that's top of the food chain getting all the roles he wants, but whenever he was in a role, man, he was memorable for it. Oh, and yeah. and I always liked it, man. I, I just loved the guy, man. He was, uh, I didn't know, I didn't, never really heard him on a podcast or never really heard him you know, talk as a normal person. So I only know him in fairy, you know, movie and TV land. But uh, it's still, I mean, I think the point of movies in general, the thing that we all can say, like, it's easy to say, oh, I just like it because it's a movie. But uh, for many people, especially I feel like in the generation that I grew up in, uh, where color TVs are just coming out, uh, VCRs are just coming out, you can steal cable. You know, to watch things. Uh, you have Andrew Dice Clay and uh, Eddie Murphy putting out their uh, comedy series. You got, you know, Red Fox and uh, uh, um, what's uh, Monty's million billions? What's the what's uh, Richard Pryor? It, the toy. Oh yeah, remember the toy? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the toy. All these crazy, hilarious, banterish kind of things. You know, uh, uh, and and for me as a kid, you know, that was a. a a time I cherished when is having the TV to myself and watching all this stuff. Because so we only had, I think, a couple TVs, but mom would be watching soap operas. You know, you get home, we had to watch Ninja Turtles for my brother. <laughs> you know what I mean? Gumby, all this crazy stuff that I love, but still, you know, like I want to watch 
what I want to watch. Uh, uh, Pee Wee Herman was one of the things that I got to watch, you know, and that was uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yep. You know, and there was the whole setup and the theme, you know, and you had Cherry and Clocky and Missy Vaughn, and you had all the male people. You had the little dude that was in the box. I don't even remember the Mecca, Mecca High, Mecca Tiny Ho. Oh, yeah. Mecca, Mecca High, Mecca Tiny Ho. Wow, that's a long time. What if we I can make that, that sound? Pee Wee's Playhouse, jeez. <laughs> we tried. That was terrible. Oh. I have the wrong thing on there. If, I got to retweak all this. I had it all tweaked, T. Dang it. If a fizzy didn't succeed. Um, but uh, uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse, was, they always had the word of the day. Okay. And if anybody said the word, you know, at the beginning of the thing, then everything would just go haywire. I don't know if y'all remember this. Y'all, did y'all watch this at all? When you're saying it, I'm remembering it. And, and uh, there was always just this theme of each day of what Pee Wee Herman was doing. Was like, <laughs> and he had that little, you know, tie on and the thing. Yep. And uh, on the Pee Wee Herman uh, uh, movie, he did that little dance where he pointed at his schween oh, in yeah, the butt, yeah. you know, and kind of, da 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 And that was, my, like, when I was a kid, I was a skinny little kid, and I loved Pee Wee Herman so much, my parents would make me in front of their friends do the Pee Wee dance because I was good at it. And I would do the one tippy-toe, and I'd point at my, you know, things. And just go up and down and walk, and they'd laugh at me. <laughs> and I loved it. Nice. What year was that? Probably late 80s. Probably 87, 88, 80, You know, I'm just a kid, probably 7, 8, 9, 10 years old, you know. Just that was my stuff, man. That's what I watched. I <laughs> yeah, that and G.I. Joe. And... I don't know, G.I. Joe. I saw, um, <laughs> um, I saw like a couple of episodes of Pee Wee's Playhouse, but it was like uh, it must have been a rerun or a saved episode, or because my it was uh, at a friend's house because that's <laughs> that, that very same dance he described. My friend <laughs> used to do it when I hang out at his house. Like, what is that? What's wrong with you? I wish I could play it on here <laughs> legally right now, you know, just to play it. But it was really the best. Uh, let's still. I mean. Man, how time flies by. At 72, he passed away. And, and it's, um, yeah, man. And, and I can't believe it. And it was a cancer. He died of cancer. Um, he um, he didn't do a whole lot. Like, he, I, like, I think he probably did. When you look at his, all the movies, it looks like he's done a ton. But it's like there, there was a few roles that it seemed like they really were the ones, man. Well, it's like, um, it's like uh, I mean, he was also in the... Yeah, I haven't, uh, like, he had bit roles in Tim Burton movies. Like, he played the Penguin's father. He had, like, like a short, like, like <coughs> less than a minute uh, in Batman Returns. He played one of the, um, one of the uh, devious trick-or-treaters from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, kidnapped the Santa Claus. He was one of the oh, voices singing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Locke. It was his Locke. Okay. He's in uh, Flight of the Navigator. Back in the day, I didn't know that. Very interesting, man. But uh, yeah, so Pee Wee Herman, he's gone. Had to. Sorry, yeah, big time, man. <clears throat> um, so, uh, so how's it going, man? How you been? That's pretty good. The uh, normally I prefer to be having my uh, exercising outside when it's less hot, but during yeah, the man. evening it's been raining almost. It's been it every evening. It's raining. You, like I try to get like even when I'm mowing the grass right now, I know when I come home from work when I like to, I like that's when I'll run out there and get it done. 
trying to take lunch breaks to get that done because you know it's going to rain in the afternoon. I mean, we need the rain. It's nice to have. It's um, uh, yeah. It, I've had a. Uh, I've been kind of on the go to. We've had family here all weekend. Uh, my sister lives over in Arcadia, and uh, doesn't isn't able to get away too much. Uh, with she's doing school with uh, nutrition and all this. She's doing great. And her and her uh, uh, fiance Javier came over, and uh, her, their uh, kid uh, daughter, uh, my little niece Kelsey. And just had a blast, man. We had a little pool party here with some family on Saturday. A little fire pit going outside. Kids running around, you know, good food. It was just a blast. Nice. Dogs running around trying to attack kids. Kids attacking dogs. <laughs> Very successful. And then uh, Sunday we went out to the beach. T, and I wanted to bring you into this one, is uh, you get my daughter there. You know, waves are about two foot, three foot at some points. I saw that. Yep. And uh, a bunch of photographers out there, a bunch of female surfers out there. Uh, we were at number three, and uh, uh, Gary was at three and was walking down towards us and saw us and paddled out. We were out past the sandbar with uh, my daughter. She was catching some, man. One of them made her wide-eyed her, man. She, <laughs> she, it was a little bigger than she was expecting, and when she was on the, she was in the perfect place just to pop up and go, you know. But she went wide-eyed and held onto the board and freaked out and did a little tumble. Tumble, yeah. It was. I saw it. I died laughing because we were in the perfect safe place for this because it was like the it got deep right there where it was where it was popping down, so you could just tumble down and be okay, you know. <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. But Gary paddled out, and it was kind of a magical moment, man. He got to sit out there with Allie. He gave Allie his board. Uh, to try, you know, catch a couple and back to hers. And it was, I just, saw it was that just awesome. In your photo, yeah, a few little right sliders. Yeah. yeah. Man, man, some of these girls were fantastic. You should, man, it was, it was like a competition out yeah. there. It was awesome, man. These girls were rocking it, man. Neat. And, uh, yeah, Gary's like, yeah, that's this guy. I know this photographer guy. Then he's up there talking all the old salts, <laughs> you know, that have been out there for years. You know, it's, uh, it was, it was an awesome weekend all the way around. And uh, Monday morning, here we are, Monday, back to work and podcasting tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, I, I haven't had the luck to um, to uh, go to Playa Linda. Uh, yeah. I was, uh, in the past week, I was uh, uh, dog sitting, for, no, not dog sitting, uh, cat sitting for my uh, um, for my uncle in, uh, in Melbourne. And yeah. uh, he li- literally lives right next to the beach. Oh, and perfect. like every morning, just go... Like seven, eight in the morning, just going, stepping right on that sand, and it's just one of the perfect being being in Florida on the coast. Uh, it's the best thing. It's my favorite place probably to go and be. If someone says let's go to Play Linda, if I can get away and go, I'm gonna go. Uh, I love swimming in the water. I love being there. I love everything about it. You know, from birth, my mother's got pictures. You know of being pregnant, laying out on the beach, you know, with me right there with her, you know, and I uh, love everything about going out there. The drive out there is perfect. If it's a long line, sometimes it's a bummer, but most of the time we always get, I'm lucky, man. I don't want to jinx myself, but I got the magic touch, man. When I get it, when I'm driving, whatever time I'm going out there, it might not be the earliest or the fastest time, but I catch right, a window right through. Nice. Right through. And it's just a beautiful drive, man. All the nature, you it just kind of put, 
throw some music on, throw all the windows down. On the way back, you know, we got our water jugs in the back of the car to give us a little fresh water plunge before we jump in the car and <laughs> crank the AC up and uh, ride back, you know, and everybody's tired and hungry. and That's the best. Yeah, That's I, the best. I, it's, it is for me, man. I like, it really I, is. I guess um, you, you can't go wrong with going, uh, especially like a place like Playa Linda. Yeah. Um, yeah, even as a kid, when we wake up early in the morning, uh, getting there, spend like most of the beach uh, day at the beach, and oh, we always had those rules, you know, put on the suntan. And <laughs> yeah. like when we get back in the car, we had to <laughs> always wet our feet with <laughs> the, the with with fresh water before we. Yeah. It's always the same procedure, but we always got pizza or, ch- or uh, KFC right after. Same KFC that's still there. Right. And <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, even um, we used to do that KFC all the time. We do the Burger King. Uh, we used to hit up. Uh, now Moonlight's our thing. We go to Moonlight. Oh, I love Moonlight. We go to the drive-through. We don't got to get out. They bring us uh, uh, our burgers, you know, uh, tots, and an awesome shake. Yeah. And we're driving back. The shake's topping it off. Everybody's Ooh. happy. Everybody, we jump in the pool out back, get that extra fresh, you know, plunge, and then everybody goes to their little rooms that nap. <laughs> yeah, you yep. fall out. Yeah, it's perfect, man. It's it's uh, special to be able to live. In that little circle. Oh, def- I mean, even after uh, even after work, I would like um, like em- like I finished working like uh, four or five o'clock. Even though, apply- well, what time to apply Linda close? Like at eight o'clock or like? I think it's be- yeah, dawn eight o'clock right now. I think it kind of adjusts right. I like, had to be out like I uh, started leaving around six o'clock or something. I think they start yeah. I think they start beating people right. They shoot them with the rock salt. I think or something until they. Hey, they used to lock you in if you hung out too long, and you have to deal with the skeets, and they'd leave you hanging like back in the eighties. Would stuff. they really like? Oh they, yeah, it's like, like a punishment. They really oh, did that. Yeah. So you couldn't like someone could drive to the gate, you could jump the gate and get out still, and just come get your car the next day. Man, you know when you go to that one gate by the railroad, yeah. there, and you look to the left. And there's an extension of it. Yep. I was there because my buddy in the 80s, we <laughs> drove around it <laughs> early. You know, they didn't unlock the gate on time. Yeah. He's like, oh, I got four-wheel drive. We're going through the ditch. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. We, uh, Rick we used to fit, you, you know, the, the, there's a barge out there. Did you know that? No, there's a barge. There's a sunken barge out there. Yeah, you know the one that Crane walks all the way down through all the nudies to get to. Oh, that was, that's a barge? It's way down there. Yeah, it's it's a sunken, like a sunken, old sunken boat or barge. It's busted that, up in two pieces. I always told it was a barge. I thought my brothers but, were, uh, I thought that was a joke by my brother says to get me to walk that far yeah. as a prank. No, no, you can catch fish that, that hang out by reefs and <laughs> stuff. Kind of fish. Yeah, when, uh, yeah, you catch an eyeful. Trouser trout. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're, we're in high school, and we all fish. We're wade fishing. We do all the stuff. My dad's always been, been an avid surf fisherman, like going, you know, in the Pompano or running in the winter. Uh, so uh, beach fishing has just been a thing we've always loved to do. It's just a lot of fun. And we came up with the idea. We knew the barge was down there. We'd get our backpack set up. We'd get some ice things and some Ziplocs. So we'd go down there and anything we needed to bring back, we didn't want to have to care like a, something big with us, you know. So is that me? Nope. Uh, oh, that's fine. It's Falcor. Ah. That's me. It's way out there. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's way out there. Sorry. I love it. Couldn't couldn't have been my. You heard mine. (laughs) 
If you heard mine, it'd be awesome. You know the it's, mine. It's cool. <laughs> Is it? Oh man. Um, so we uh, got these backpacks and everything, and uh, seven or eight of us, you know, we just would. They used to have that trail for four wheelers on the, on the back side on the back side of the the dunes, the old road. So you didn't have to go over, you know, and weave through the uh, the peeps. You, know, you just go. And uh, f- you'd walk for it. We time it like 35, 40 minutes, you know. Then you walk, go over. There's one little part you can see you can go over. Boom, there it is. And oh. we would fish on both sides. We were catching redfish like all day there one time. One time we caught a whole bunch of sp- uh, mackerel, Spanish mackerel, pompano. I mean, it was amazing fisher, uh, fishing. Surfers would go down there. We had a couple surfers go down there once and paddle out there, you know, and surf off the... Yeah, know, once in a while, break. it'll... um. It'll work a little bit, but I guess the best time for fishing is when you got a super mellow little swell mm-hmm. and, and it's uh, got the deep so spot. So it's not all rough, but it, even when it was rough, we went out there once and, dude, we were hitting like huge sheephead. Because of that reef. Uh, exactly. Yeah. everything, And nobody fishes down there, so it's kind of, you know. You just got to walk your ass bulk, off to get yeah. to it, yeah. And, and what, when you're down there, though, you'll look down the beach and you'll start seeing these little shadow people getting closer to you. <laughs> And then you're like, oh, no clothes. And then you, some, and it, you and your buddies would always be like, how close are they going to get? You think they're going to come all the way up to you? Because sometimes we, we've had them within a couple hundred yards before they turned around. And we're like, oh, oh. And we'd all turn around like, no, no, no. Look, look the other way. Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. And then we'd always fish at Eddie Creek. Uh, I did a, um, is that a... Uh, is that any close to uh, Mosquito Lagoon or? Yeah, I think I pretty. It's like number seven or eight. It's not, like on the other side of the dune, you know. But yeah, it's part of Mosquito Lagoon. Right. It's um, Eddie, my my uncle Ron, uh, used to fish. There's a little hole there, right there in Eddie Creek, and every, like he used to. I'm telling you, just like just with crazy it, huh? equipment, just bringing these huge grouper up out of this <sighs> hole. Before you know it, I, he was doing it. Before you know it, there would be 10, 15 people ringing it, all sitting there, uh, uh, pulling up grouper. I caught one over there once. Uh, we we loved fishing over there. My dad used to always take me. Nice. And uh, seven is where me and Allie like to go a lot too. When we used to, when she was younger. There's a there's an old story I heard once. Um, Hobo Willie. Some oh. somebody said <laughs> that during World War Two that that hole connected through the reef to the ocean and it breathed and they had to fill it up with train cars to keep anybody from like a, oh. you know, wetsuit guy, whatever scuba guy coming in. And that makes sense. Like, cause and it's I don't know deep. if that's true, like, but it's, it's real deep there. Interesting. Yeah, that is. What if there was, how else was the grouper getting in there? I mean, other than if that was opened up at some point, well, they come through the inlet up North. Okay. And then, Probably just come up there. in there. They found a deep spot. They can grow down there. We got to get a fish expert on here, huh? We do. I you know, I've seen a lobster come out of there. Really? Yep. A little lobster. It's a guy named Georgie. They caught a lobster there. Oh, yeah. I know that name. Yeah. I know him, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Very, very cool. Well, that's the show. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Well, we'll talk to you later. Uh, T, what you been up to, man? Uh, grinding. Yeah, uh, grinding on the uh, production stuff, right? Yep, in the yard, in the studio, trying to get the studio uh, yeah. back together because it's coming up on well, a year. I mean, we had a hurricane last year, 
dunked. That uh, put tea underwater, as you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> you were over there too, right? Oh yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> we had to get a uh, we had to get a canoe just to get to the driveway. How was that experience? Is that something you've ever had to deal with before? Never. I mean, that was close. Like the closest thing I ever did something like that. Uh, I was in the fifth grade. Uh, we did on did something called the mud walk. Okay. And I, I don't I don't remember where we went in Florida, but we were in the woods and we were like waist deep in this uh, basically uh, wet mud. Like it was like it, it was those little mud runs, the five k kind of things where you got a tough mud and things. Well, we had to put on like a black. Uh, black trash bags. Okay. Like you know, like you're doing the little. Uh, those little, this sounds interesting. Like you know those. Uh, what do you call those those races where you get your half like your, a potato race? Play yeah, the potato. potato sacks? Yeah, and you had to uh, hop your way. Yeah. Well, something like that. But we trimmed the bottom where our, our legs can go through. But basically, it looked like it looked like a, like a human seal. Yeah. <laughs> it, looked, <laughs> it looked like a like a swamp, but instead of water, it's just this thick mud yeah. that you walk through. And eventually we got into the water uh, to uh, clean fresh, uh, not clean, uh, to uh, fresh water. And then after that, we got to the bus, we dried ourselves and we got home. When I got home, I, uh, I bathed properly, but, you know, <laughs> but going back to, uh, I soaked it. I kept, I just left it on, you know, <laughs> helps the skin. I know with my parents, as soon as I, as soon as I got home, Right now to the bathtub. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, when I, uh, <laughs> but after to the bathtub, after Hurricane Ian, like the the water was like up to your knees, maybe a little past your knees. So okay, I couldn't even get my car out of there. Oh and, man! Like um, I, I have to. I have to uh, drive to go to work, but my car wasn't going anywhere. I even missed a concert. I was going to go see the Orlando Philharmonic Orchestra play Gustav Holst's The Planets. Oh, and wow. And I really, really wanted to see it. I was I denied. Loved, I, I was denied. You were not willing to swim I was not, like, for the concert. That's, I, that's real dedication. Like, I, Showing I up to the a, concert, soaking wet, <laughs> you know, mosquitoes with you, everything with, just... I'm here oh, for no, the show, dude. I like I would I would go to the uh, to the Doctor Phillips Center, and I've done this. I I've gone there in jeans. Yeah, I like I've seen people dress very nicely, and you know it's yeah. it's a, it's a nice thing to dress nicely for these events. I just um, uh, that's just not me. I, I it's not like I dress like I go there with ripped jeans. I just show there in my car in my cargo pants or my jeans with simple shoes and shirt, yeah. um, but. The thing is, like, I couldn't go to the concerts because I couldn't get my car out of the driveway. So, and meanwhile, the Orlando, Phil, the Doctor Phillips Center sent me a message, uh, a voice message saying, "We will continue playing the orchestra as scheduled." Of like, great, I'm gonna miss this Thanks one. Yeah, and, uh, now I gotta watch it on YouTube. I was like, I'm gonna miss it, and I, I can't get a refund. So that's just me missing the concert. Um, just, even though I paid just for wait it. till VR comes out. You know, and and global warming is doing its thing right, and oh, uh, all everybody who's all the full global warming people are like, we told you so, and then we're all in you know deep water, and then you're like in a haptic suit in <laughs> VR at the Philharmonic, just rocking it, and everything is <laughs> chaos, but you're up there in VR safe. I uh, see everything live. It's gonna happen. It's gonna have to be that way one day. One, one day it will be. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully well, it just. I'll tell you this, T. 
uh, both of you guys, you should know this. Um, if okay, do you get, you've seen the Spider Verse movie? Uh, uh, the I, one with um, um, uh, Miles Morales. I have the animated. It's a really good series, and it's uh, they're going through the uh, multiverse. So there's different Spider Mans, and one of the themes of it is like everybody can be spider is a Spider Man, right? Is mm-hmm. a hero. And uh, so they have like the spider pig, they got the spider, you know, all these different people. And there's different realms and different paths or were different, uh, you know, skills and life experiences. Uh, if we had that here, you would be coming to the Philharmonic to see me play because I was a, a magical viola player. Oh, yeah. In middle school. Oh, yeah. First oh, wow. chair, all county. Fire fingers. I was the guy. Miss Atwell was my teacher. She, we do, we play. This is where we. I knew you're into music and like you, you, you threw a little thing. It's uh, classical music as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're very versed in it. Um, most more of it's like, uh, yeah, I'm uh, basic on his on his history, like uh, mainly on the composers on musical theory. Not that proficient, but. Well, when it comes to discussing composers and their work and the times in their lives, yeah. Do you play the violin too? Unfortunately, uh, I can't play. Magical any. way, like T T can play any instrument, like can, anything that you put out there, he can play it and oh no, figure I, it out. Oh no, T, I mean, he... see, told you, <laughs> Beethoven, <laughs> told you, Fifth Symphony, First Movement, Faith. Oh, fate, fate, that's cool. Now, um, oh yeah, I had it all tweaked perfectly. Sound. I can, <laughs> I can uh, dabble on the guitar, but cool. uh, I'm more uh, more on the uh, the history and facts on okay. composers. But unfortunately, yeah. I'm still practicing. But so do you know? There's the uh, I just remember as a kid, we got like after my third year because up there middle school was uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, and my freshman year, this is how it worked. There was a uh, uh, the band, and it was full already. You could not get in the band if you wanted to. Like, their parents, everybody pre-booked band, the coolest music, you know, thing. Then there was chorus. I could not sing. I cannot sing. I was not singing. I was embarrassed to sing. Um, then there was orchestra. And on the orchestra side, we're like, oh, no, we don't want to be in the orchestra because then we're nerds, right? Uh, <laughs> but our orchestra, all of the – there's these two just – beautiful little like you know we're kids we're like these chicks are so hot we're joining my friend jason was already a pretty good bass player my friend bobby castleman was like i'm gonna do the cello and then i was like uh everybody was doing the violin and i'm like i'll do the viola because no other people are viola and it was like a deeper i'm like at least i'm not like i'm a little more manly as of my i'm 12 or 13 <laughs> here trying to you know process being a kid right what's cool or not uh, I ended up getting really good at it, and by my third year, you know, it was so cool uh, sitting there with the teacher, you know, in the morning before school started and being able to play. I think it was like the the Beethoven concertos. There was like seven, nine, and thirteen or something. Like there was like three or four of them that are really popular, and I was getting pretty good at reading music. I was never great at tuning. She'd always have to tweak and help me with the full tuning. But I, I could sit there and roll with her for multiple pages. Oh. And that was my what I felt like I was coolest about, you know, even more than doing it in front of people or at the little concerts and shit. That's my memory as a kid is the Buck, the Beethoven concertos. There's like two or three of them. 
Oh no, yes. Um, well, I mean that's understandable. Like even as uh, even when I was in, um, I I did band when I was in middle school, uh, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. I was in percussion. Okay. Um, no, we we started off with bells. Then he moved us to snare drum, bass drum. That's cool. Then dabbled a bit with uh, xylophones. We got then we got excited when he brought in a gong. You know which. It's, it's <laughs> okay. like, like we just wanted to hit the thing, but <laughs> we got one. We got one. Uh, the thing is, like, uh, because we were uh, we wanted to, uh, for one of our um, concerts, we played the theme from Lord of the Rings. Oh, and cool. at the very end, one of us had to hit the gong. But he told me, like, you just can't hit it. There are areas of the gong for certain, yeah, uh, for certain, uh, for certain sound that you Tones, want. Yep. And um, so I was, uh, I got lucky to hit the gong because the other ones got to play the snare drum. So I was like, all right, I'll do the other, yeah, timpani and. <laughs> but you know, I would have been cowbell. Uh, I'd be a cowbell guy. <laughs> oh, you can, you can get enough of cowbell, right? But, <laughs> right. More. Uh, but the most the most embarrassing instrument you should I shouldn't say embarrassing but all it's all instruments play a part all sounds yep. have a part but uh, whether else I remember I had a um, there were three or four of us in percussion mm-hmm. and for one song one of us had to play the triangle and <laughs> dinner time. <laughs> Yeah, this yeah. little little thing, uh, <laughs> and I'm like ding ding ding. You sit in front of your parents. You're like, I'm so proud. It's like all these parents staring at this. One of us just had to pick this thing up. It was the flutes. The flutes were playing as something like Galaxy. It was like some sort of space themed uh, tune. Uh, this was when I was in the sixth or seventh grade, and, but um, I had to. Uh, uh, I, I volunteer. I, I end up volunteering to do all of these things. Yeah, that's how it usually works. But I uh, I pick up the thing, and while the flutes were playing <laughs> their little their segue, I had to go ding 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 and just repeat it two more it, times. Did, were you like in your head, like at home at night, just thinking ding ding <laughs> ding ding ding? Just for, for, just uh, for weeks, man, just prepared for it. Like I'm gonna rock these triangles. <laughs> like I'm gonna get the rhythm, man. Yeah, like three dings, <laughs> three times. You got this, dude. You got this. You got this. Dude. Don't, got mess the Don't mess up. Don't mess up. I I was so built up in my head on how cool I thought I was at playing music, right? <laughs> that when I asked my mom later in life, like on the show, we called her, you know, on the podcast, and we're like, "Hey, uh, do you remember?" When your son was, you know, my co-hosts were like, hey, do you remember um, when your son was playing the uh, viola back in the day? And she's like, yeah, I remember. We were this. Here's my memory. She goes, I went to, we went to one of the Christmas events. And I was sitting there. And we were right up front to watch you. And uh, I don't remember you playing, but this kid was picking his nose the whole time. And it was hilarious. <laughs> we were talking. We were all us parents were giggling on this kid that was sitting over here picking his nose. While you're doing this. Hey, and I'm sitting here just like playing your heart out. One That's eye looking remember. at her like, please, please love me, mom. You know, uh, you're, you're playing your heart out on the viola, but they remember a yeah. kid picking <laughs> I mean, is that like like from from like a like a like you love music? It, that's part of like the struggle, right? Uh, T musician, like I'm sitting here just playing my heart out, just wanting that people to notice me and love me, and and vibe with me, and they just like kids picking his nose. That's funny. So let's chip into that. All these kooks throwing shit at people performing <laughs> lately. Have you heard about all that? 
um, I saw the good topic busted by the in way. the face you, by a phone. Uh, that Cardi B or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. The she, only thing that I know, there's no judgment because I don't know what happened. It's all she was walking on stage. Someone threw something. She turned around and threw a microphone and hit somebody with the whole microphone. Well, did, did they throw something at her first? I would think so, but I don't know for sure. I, I I didn't really get to dig on that, but I did see, and I know that there's a trend, like. Things get viral, like on TikTok, per se. Like there's, there's like, us as humans have this hive mentality sometimes, you know, or you see something and it gets attention, and then somebody else is going to do it for the attention because we want that attention. So we and usually, and I don't know if this is TikTok, I'm just totally making, because there's so many things that are TikTok, but usually one thing happens and then all of a sudden this starts happening all over the place because then they share it and redo it and then everybody... Gets a million downloads and then they're rich. You know, then you move into your mansion. But that's like, like to, um, what's what it means to be viral, or yeah, I mean that's the viral life now. I mean that's the new famous person in a way. Uh, uh, I'm famous for a mission. There's there's a few kids. There's a few people through movies and TV shows, but usually it's through. You're like, Mr. Beast is one of the biggest and most valuable uh, entertainers. I probably would say in the world right now. Yeah, he's a wizard. And uh, you know, these guys that are number one and two on YouTube, you know, it's 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 absolutely insane the money that they make. Uh, and it's awesome. I mean, they probably should make more with the value that they're probably bringing to the companies that are. I mean, you're driving so much, you know, uh, so much, uh, con- you know, so many people to your website. You're just funneling it, you know, and advertise the crap out of it. We're going to go on a break because uh, T wants to play, uh, take some phone calls. <laughs> All right, T. Have fun, man. I like your shirt, though. You wear a nice shirt. Thank you. I like the button up, too. We should just keep talking and let him walk away. Right. Be awkward. We're just going to keep going. I just, um, you know, he, like. I think he was pooping. I think he was pooping. And he, that's where the phone's at because it's all <laughs> echoey. And I think I've pooped before in that bathroom and left the phone and it gives the same distance <laughs> echo. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, uh, I've, I've seen, um, uh, this whole th- this thing with, um, with, uh, Cardi B. Um, yeah. so like, so what, it was about someone throwing, ba- who was it? Like, was Cardi B throwing something at the audience or the audience throwing, uh, Cardi B? You know, I think, uh, do you know more about that T who threw, who threw the, uh, the stuff first? Oh, I don't know the particulars about Cardi B's thing, mm-hmm. but I just kind of browsed the, the news, I guess, past couple of days, and there's a string of artists who are, you know, they're getting clocked by people throwing things. At, you know, you shouldn't be doing all that. You're trying to catch a vibe and lift it up at the show, but they're throwing things at someone's face, hit them in the eye, give them some stitches or something. You know, it's just, uh, it ain't cool. Uh, Jeez. You know, you get, in comedy, you got hecklers, right? And you got people that'll heckle. And I've been at shows where there's been hecklers. I was at one in downtown Titusville when uh, Ross McCoy, they were putting on a great, they were playing games, they were doing some creative different things, and there was like a, a local at the bar there getting like, way over drinking, talking, and this was one of those, you know, you know, one of those events where you don't want to be that guy that's talking during the show because everybody else is paying attention and didn't care, and finally, you know, the thing blew up and it turned into a whole scene, you know. And, uh, I mean, it was comedy afterwards because we all had to laugh about the situation. It's like, hey, purple shirt, get the hell out of here, purple shirt. Everybody's like, purple (laughs) shirt, purple shirt. So, you know, it can be a fun thing. But uh, words are one thing, you know. 
actual throwing things like at, at basketball events. Uh, you see people throw things into the, you know, like that's why when you go to a basketball game and you get a, a drink of water from in a water bottle, they take the bo- bottle cap and they keep it and they hand you the water because they cannot give you the bottle cap because that bottle cap will 100% somehow make it onto that floor to be thrown at somebody or, you know, as a prank or something and it will cause chaos. Jeez. You know, it's like there's always got to be that that guy that's, you know, Doing the titty twisters and the, you know, the grinders. I mean, like, the thing is, and, like, when it comes to hecklers, these things have, I mean, uh, whether it's berating or just uh, whether it's simply someone uh, incredibly drunk or people who are just can't control themselves during a performance, it's... It's been going on since, like, uh, I mean, these things aren't new. But mm-hmm. the thing is, nowadays, with the technology we have, we can be able to capture them. And Very good point. It seems so, like, with the technology we have, it's almost, it looks like it's happening uh, frequently. But uh, if you look looking back, we only have perhaps the most known of the heckling and the... Mm-hmm. Um, and the crazy commotions that have happened and performances like, you know, whether it was um, like in 1913s, the, um, when Stravinsky released The Rite of Spring, um, the the reason why there was a huge commotion about it was that it was a ballet uh, that was about a human sacrifice, which is something that no yeah. one has ever written before. <laughs> and But oh, not only that, but the music itself was just so frightening and barbaric even mm. in the modernist uh fauvistic even the fauvists were more of writers and painters but i guess you, it can extend to music but with stravinsky's ballet what from the beginning to the end just people constantly screaming there were those who are saying this is an art this is mm. trash and those are saying you know shut up yeah. let's keep playing and it ended up into as historians say a riot Mm. And I think, I think, I, I won't confirm this, I think I read something that Stravinsky had to be escorted, uh, had to get out through a window or something, I think, but I don't recall, uh, I'm not sure, I had to go back on that. But, yeah. You know, but Diaghilev, the impresario, the guy who put on these uh, Russian ballets, he said that's, the reaction was exactly what he wanted. Gotcha. Um, but when the wow. Rite of Spring premiered, like months later or a year later, I think before the First World War, after the First World War, um, it became more accepted. But Stravinsky himself, um, like, um, the like, uh, not only like through heckles on his um, one of his most famous ballets, because before the Rite of Spring, he was famous for he or he already achieved popularity with the Firebird, mm. which stayed to the classical standards. It didn't deviate much into uh, new modern uh, tunes and atmospheres like the Rite of Spring did, but um, he already had reached pop. He reached a height of popularity with the Rite of Spring because it was completely daring, mm. so daring that it enticed heckling. Oh, contrary to what I've seen, um, I saw this video not too long ago when the new little mermaid came out mm-hmm. you know the, the whole controversy about you know the yeah, actress yeah. who play ariel yeah. about the skin color i saw uh-huh. the 
a, a person who was recording the movie or recording the situation that was happening in the theater that people were arguing in the middle of the movie. Wow. Um, uh, due to that very same controversy, like we wouldn't like, like the changes. Like in person, like and, and maybe is the internet desensitizing a little bit of that reality, real person? Like, okay. And I don't know the answer here. This is just conversation. Uh, when you uh, are in the truth about Titusville page or in a Titusville crime page on the Facebook or on some internet forum of any kind, and there's a whole group of people, and any time that there's a crime or something that happens in a town that gets posted in there, then the brain of the person looking at that website is going to go, man, this crime is elevating. But if you take the whole totality of crime in that town and you didn't look at the internet all the time, uh, it might, you know, be going down a, as a trajectory, but just because it's being amplified on a, an internet site, it makes people, you know, the, the thousands of people that are on their fear, it puts their fear up that, Oh man, things are getting dangerous around here. Oh yeah. Um, back at, when somebody was writing a play, you know, um, it's represented in movies across See, I'm a movie guy too, man. So we can I or I can reference from a movie all day. Uh, there's so many movies out there uh, in history, like even your old ones, like your Lonesome Doves. Oh, that's, you know, which is one of my favorite. Oh, that's you know, a mini series. Yeah, it was like a, like a three part or Tommy four, Lee four, Jones. Four, yeah, oh man, Duvall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his? Though he was so young back then. Silver Spoons kid. Silver Spoons. <laughs> he kid. was the son. Uh, uh, the Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee Jones' son, you know. I can't. I can't recall the. Uh, uh, and it, Robert Duvall is one of my favorite actors of all time. Oh, uh, he also uh, he did um, yeah, he did a great job. He used to, um, I don't want to give any spoiler alerts. One of the friends died in the in the miniseries near the yep. end. Tommy Lee Jones had to drag yep. him and yeah, bury him in the exact same town where they uh, spent their lives. Uh, because before, oh, yep. there's a prequel to Lonesome Dove. It's called, uh, he brought him on, he brought Robert Duvall all the way back. Tommy Lee Jones is because he got up there. He got shot by a, uh, uh, command, like, a uh, oh, he, an Indian and shot, he shot him, uh, in the leg and it was in a bad spot and he did not want to uh, live without a leg. Yeah, he'd rather it, die with yep. gangrene than to live, uh, yep. with one leg. Yep. And let's it, talk of pride. <laughs> yeah, that's just who he was, man. Yeah. He was like that. His vanity is who he was, and that's what he said. And it's just such a good movie all it the was. way around, man. And the, and the best thing is that Tommy Lee Jones's character stayed the stoic, yeah, tough man. guy. But as soon as he buried his friend, yep. he broke. Yep. Which just you know, it just shows the longevity of how much a person can go and how strong, strong uh, yeah. a bond of friends is. And, and how and how strong like a movie. Can uh, you can watch a movie and how it can instill something in you to make you think about things in a different way than maybe you do before? And then when a guy writes a play, when a guy creates a symphony, and you know, to them it's their language, it's their English, or oh, yeah. it's their whatever. To somebody like you know, some of us, uh, it's, it's something totally different. It might be a fly by night, we don't care, and it could have been a, that guy's lifetime achievement and brought him great success all across and then there's that's just, i guess the spectrum yeah. of humanity um it's wild how the internet uh brings in the change just like back in the day you know when uh people are writing plays and they're you know uh, let's do something let's let's you know we gotta uh 
cross this red line and go a little further and let's do some human sacrifice stuff. You know, then, you know, back in the 80s, there were some VHS like Faces of Death, you know, and ours, these, you know, uh, people eating monkey brains yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that's what I remember. And yeah. I remember like my, my <laughs> mom and dad like rented these crazy movies to watch with their friends and we were supposed to stay in our room and we'd come out, you know, and watch. You, oh my God, you see what I saw. <laughs> then the internet comes out and you can go on all these rotten.com and all these crazy oh, websites. Geez, I and like, <laughs> I was the guy that I had to see it. I wanted to see if, if, if I knew it was there, I have to see. Okay, that was that was me back in when I was a little chap catching yeah. a sneak on Sunday night on PBS <laughs> at 1030. It was Monty Python. Yeah. And they'd say some shit like, uh, and now full frontal nudity. <laughs> yeah. They'd show a famous work of art, you know? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that was cutting edge back then, right? Yeah, it totally was. And, and well, that's the thing about this. This this is the crate. These are the... Um, the um, I guess there's a double uh, double-edged blade of the internet. On one hand, you have access to almost endless sources of information, especially with YouTube. If you want to see a clip of a movie that you once saw, you just want to see a certain scene. Mm-hmm. Most likely, you're gonna have access to it. Yeah. If you hear a rumor of your favorite musician or uh, playwright or even filmmaker yeah. about to make a movie, you can access whether it's through Wikipedia or IMDb or yeah. even YouTube to find any sort of info that you can grasp. Yeah. But on the other side, it's it's akin to that of the kid who um, has a dessert before their dinner, thereby spoiling their dinner. They uh, You can yeah. actually become disappointed. Yeah. How can you have run. any pudding if you don't eat your meat? <laughs> <laughs> and you Sir? don't eat your meat. You can't yeah. have any pudding. <laughs> yeah. but, for example... And, and music uh, brought that to us. And that, and this, like, I, even when I was a kid, um, there's this movie called uh, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Uh, based on the... Well, it's not... It derives heavily from Alan Moore's uh, graphic novel, but mm-hmm. you know I was crazy for League of Extraordinary Gentlemen because it featured all these literary characters that I read when I was a kid. Um, yep. Alan Cordenmain, The Invisible Man, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, Dorian Gray. I was stoked to see it, and the internet was out. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, at that time you couldn't find that much info, or at least I was an adept enough with the internet to find that info yeah. but that made the viewing experience even more exciting yeah that made the experience where there are more surprises where i was like yep that's that character yeah i, I knew that the character was about yep. to appear so that's the thing with um with what the internet provide uh provides us it provides us with so much that you're once not bound to be filled with surprises you get the news early oh surely there's going to be a reaction to the news but eventually you'll be nullified yeah when there's too much news like if point in case um that yep if someone's about to release imagine if stravinsky was to uh was to release his brand new ballet Mm -hmm. called the rite of spring and we have no idea but you release um like hints or spoilers like trailers mm-hmm. you're not going to be that surprised you're like oh this ballet's cast going to have to do with human sacrifice yep. Ellen, the music doesn't sound that classical it sounds mm-hmm. scary barbaric yep so when you see you're not going to get that much of a commotion out of it i mean you will get a commotion if there's a huge um if there's if you, there's going to be a um 
Sorry, hold on a second. There's going to be a um, a um, like reaction. Well, like a split from the fan base. Okay. Uh, like those who say that's going to get the version like the Star Wars people, man. You got yeah, exactly. You know, I don't like the new ones. I don't like the middle ones. I don't like this one. You know, the originals are the only ones that are good. The new ones can't be good. But then, from a perspective of a child, the new ones are amazing. You know, and the old ones are dumb looking. You know, but us as you know, it's a nostalgia comes into play. Exactly. Uh, so many different. Like it's uh uh the internet. It's uh. You're right. It's a blessing and a curse. It's something that, like, going through school, I did good in school. You know, I loved going to school. It was more of a social thing for me. But I was smart, and I could get through my school, uh, got through the classes, and there, there's a handful of teachers that, that I really, you know, they knew how to get the class's attention and how to have conversations and how to pique your interest. But it was because the class was different every day or had different spice to it or they kind of broke from the regular and they treated you with respect and listened to you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, other than that, with uh, with school, man, I mean, if it, unless it was the right teacher, I was just I just get through it. You know, uh, it, I wasn't like soaking it up and wanting to soak up this information. Right. Uh, when I when I got to the Internet, like when I first, you know, you know, at, at our house, there's a 56K modem when we get these AOL discs, you know, and they're trying to figure everything out and work at a computer, and you're, you're teaching yourself something, right? And when, you, when you're when you a kid, you take apart of, like, a, your parents' stereo that broke, and you try to look and see where the wires misconnected, you know, and you get interested, and you learn something by doing that. Some people can read a book and learn that. Some people are hands-on and would take it apart and figure out how it works. You know, the internet gives you all these different, you know, tools and all these, uh, all this knowledge and sharing of information and communicating with people. So our brains go from like, we're absorbing, you know, information, but kind of slowly, not too much, not too crazy, you know, uh, computers coming. Now you're getting all this information from everybody from different angles and it blows up and then it desensitizes and then people oh, yeah. are finding out it can do this, it can do this. And, and, it's the same way, though, as when a TV first came out or the, the radio first came out back in the day. And you could you know, listen to a commercial like marketing. When marketing was able to, when it grasped a new technology, it, it's a wild thing. The marketing is what blows it up, I feel oh, yeah. like. And uh, narratives can get put, I, mean, I feel like it's a, a, it's a balancing act in the same way in politics when you have like a, a democracy and you have a dictatorship. You know, the democracy might, you know, in a true one, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying a country in any way. I'm just saying in principle, the, the freedom of everybody as a collective choosing and getting the right knowledge and trying to be as transparent as possible. We want this, you know, open, you know, open source situation, but a lot of crazy and bad things can happen. There's a lot of fear, a lot of risk. And the people that that maybe fear that risk, they want to be in that safe. I want one person to make these decisions because it's worked in the past, and I don't want anything to change. You know what I mean? And and they're valid mindsets. You know, it's just based on the genetics of who you are or your experiences that you are grown into or whatever. And that's how you get into whatever you get into, and that's how your art transcends. You know, and everything. But it's just I don't know. It's wild. 
It can, it I'm can, rabbit holing the crap out of that, but that was wild. It can transcend. Uh, sorry, transcend. No, no. It can transcend. I was trying uh, to sound as cool as Che when he got into the musical classical stuff, because <laughs> he got all like real cool and deep in it. Like you brought in like some, you had some perspectives and stuff going on. I'm like, whoa. Well, he's man. fixing to lay it out. I'm gonna too. see if I can step. Yeah. I know. I was just trying to build you up. I was showing you my my chops and what I was capable of. We're gonna give you a C. And now it's your plus. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Plus. No, no, no. no. Well, uh, you're, you know. Your uh, your your input was uh, was uh, perfect uh, fits perfectly in the segue because with all this quantity of knowledge that we gain, there's uh, yeah, the the um, the negative side of it is that what you're getting is information, but are you getting um, truth, art, and lies? And when it yeah. comes to art and lies, there's the trick. Because if it's art, you're creating something that's not realistic, but something to inspire to give someone a visual. A lie is when you deliberately give information that's false, but you insist that it's true. Or that's one way. When I create um, a unique dish, you know, and serve it to somebody, Scott's a good cook. It's a part of an art. If I write a comic book story and create a comic on it, it's art. If I create a canvas painting and it's from my brain and it's my truth, it's coming from a, my my heart, my truth, then it's it's art. It's art. But um, if, musically, every if you copy from someone, you know, it's not. No, and that's the thing about if you can say I adapted this from an art form, that's that's cool. But yep. the, or otherwise, you're just that's plagiarism. And, and, and it's credit. all it's an it's inspiration. I mean, in the internet takes those things and people and their views and we've now crunched this data you know these we've been given all of our data out whether you have or haven't they still got it you know back in the day we had yellow pages oh with all your stuff right there <laughs> same place you know what i mean fingers all walking <laughs> you know yeah. what i'm saying it's the same you know what i mean well what we uh, have what we have now i'm sorry Scott, no no sorry. you go ahead what yeah. we have now though uh, whether you have a platform like youtube instagram snapchat um, Facebook or Twitter uh, or any other <laughs> social media oh, app yeah. I'm not aware Threads of. Threads is the new one. That, I heard of the Threads. Threads, the Instagram, a Twitter. Whether you um, – it's the dangerous things, and you know we've learned this from um, from this whole uh, – from the whole uh, Russia conspiracy with uh, Facebook uh, during the Trump mm -hmm. administration. Yeah. Social media has become – actually, not even recently – Years before that, it has it slowly became a mass production of muck raking, and it take you back to William Randolph Hearst when he start when yellow journalism started, where you can basically publish lies yeah. just to get the public on your side. Did Spain blow the main? No, they didn't, but. You publish it. You get enough outrage mm -hmm. so that people can demand your government to go to war against a country that had nothing to do with the destruction yeah. of a ship. You, a media outlet, can deliberately false. Um, yep. Can uh, sort deliver false information if it satisfies its political agenda. Mm -hmm. The frightening thing about social media is that you don't even need the reporters to do that. You just need. To start a rumor and people who are on your side of the agenda. Have enough people that followed you that got to see what you said mm -hmm. 
and however they spin it. And it can like it's like when you in that classroom, you would tell you whisper to one kid, you say you tell them one thing, and they tell the next kid next to him. And then when you got all the way to the end of the classroom, the story was completely different than when it was when you started. Would, That's the internet, which in is an echo chamber. A deliberate game uh, is a game where it's where you use the game telephone to deliberately spread false information. But all you need people to do is repost and repost. They might yeah. think it's truth. Yeah. But all the while, who knows if uh, like we we have so much for uh, information spreading around that we yeah. don't know if people are spreading things that are true or not true. What we have to do is examine what people are posting. Yeah. But we have those that they will read it and immediately, without examining, will say this is fact. And, and that'll tie into uh, the brain activity, right? Uh, you know, the brain, the human brain. Like we, we, you know, there was a time when it was. Hey, I have this job. I come home. I take care of my yard, my family, my kids. You know, you got a wife at home, or even before that, you know, it's uh, you know we're going to uh, land here from this boat on the east coast, and we're getting to Oregon, and we're going to take this trail, and we're probably going to die, uh, you know, but we're, <laughs> this is a better life for us, and it's a goal, and it's not like I got to be here from nine to five, and I got maybe X amount of hours, you know, on this day and this day. To be able to, uh, you know, spend time with my family. No, it's every day I'm with my family, and we're trying to figure out how to make it together, right? Exactly. And, and we keep like realities have kept evolving and changing on what's your norm and what we create, you know, within ourselves. And uh, but at the same time, you know, back then it was like, you know, your brain is going survival. So we got to survive. We have to, you know, figure out how to to do this practicality. And it's hard work, and it's labor, and it's you know. Uh. Now, I mean, it's the same. You know, it can be, but it's also uh, so much more. I mean, there's so much things that we're processing that we're not giving our brains. I feel like enough time to process them because we're over to the next thing and to the next thing. Like I know I am. I, that's that. I feel like that's that ADD brain reality personality trait in some people that. You know, we get all this. Some people can handle very well, like the hyper, hyper intelligent people handle that stuff and can tune it. Oh, yeah. But they're also troubled internally. It's, it's, you know a, what I mean? It's not like a perfect science when you're smart, you know, either. No, you know? Me, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a flood of information. It, it reminds me of, it reminds me of, uh, Kate Blanchett and Indiana Jones 4. Okay, the, yeah. Um, what, what was it? Indiana <laughs> Jones and the Crystal Skulls. Yep, yep. At the end where she finally discovers the alien ship and she wanted to know everything and all that knowledge is going in her yep. head. She's like, too much knowledge. Yeah. And she, <laughs> that's basically us. Yeah. Too, uh, because we're jump, especially with YouTube shorts or with TikTok, you're swiping, swiping, watching bits of information. Sometimes you don't even get past the 10 seconds. Like, all right, all right I've seen enough. I want to see the next one. I yeah. want to see the next one. I want to see the next one. And just jumping from info to info. And it's almost as bad as incorrectly summarizing an article just by reading the headline yep. and moving on to the next thing. That, thank you for saying that. Uh, when you're, when I'm going to either, whether it's Twitter or if like on my, you know, I'm at work or something, or I'm sitting here watching some TV and I'm scrolling around looking for some new stuff and I'm popping through some different websites. And when you look at an article and it says one thing and you click on it and when you read the whole thing, it's totally different or it's like, uh, leading, but not really giving you or saying, "Hey, 
this person is corrupt, you know, in a political yeah. way. And then when you read it, they're going, it's no new information than you already knew, but they just try to put their twist on it and kind of get you to click on theirs instead of the other guy that wrote almost the same thing. I hope we get to an internet at some point that can figure out ways to, to weed that. Like, that'd be something that would be cool. It would. But uh, it's so much because that's where the fear comes. You're seeing families argue over things that they read on the internet because when you're, they think when you read it this on this website or that one that it's real or not real. And there's a puppet behind there that owns that and is paying for that service and that website to be hosted or that airtime to be on TV or whatever in your face. And that has an agenda. It does. That usually is tied to a, a, a ticker on a stock, you know, exchange or uh, some type of investment or some type of collective mindset trying to lead to one way. And so on top of, you know, trying to worry about being scammed in reality in real life and keeping your your home safe and, you know, your family fed, you're fending off like bank accounts and, and debit card transactions. You're fending off internet people that are attacking you or you uh, you know uh uh you can't go to a target or here or there without you know maybe something happening and you're going on the internet and you're seeing man i'm not going to waffle house anymore because all i'm seeing is fights in waffle houses and <laughs> and badass girls throwing like catching chairs in the air and throwing them back and being thor uh waffle house worker ladies and you're like whoa that's awesome and then some people are like i'm going because i want to but we get desens- when you see it on the internet so many times, you get desensitized to it. And then it's des- like you want the same attention. Like when I was a kid, we go to Taco Bell. We thought it was so cool. They started getting those little clings. Clings? Like on a, on a window. You know, you could take a, their, their marketing and they put it on their window. And it just went on there. It wasn't like stuck on there. You could just peel it off and pop it right back oh, on okay, and yeah. peel it off and pop it. was a newer technology rather than having something glued onto so the like window the, that you had to chisel off. The mylar? Is that what yeah, it was? so it was our thing. We thought we were cool if we could get like we get little ones when they had the little ones. We peel them off while we're eating, and then we put them on our cars. <laughs> I, I don't know. And that was all like our free advertising for them, huh? <laughs> we're advertising. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like ridiculous stuff. But it was like then other people did it because we saw one other person do it. You know, copy us, and we're like, oh man. It blows up when the internet gets that. I mean, every Taco Bell would have to close down because the, uh, everybody's in there stealing all their stuff to put on their cars. It, it, a TikTok back then, it, that's what would happen. Oh, yeah, you know? I remember. Yeah, that... Everything is a topic or a trending. And, and now the, the, the media now, they make a lot of money just on commenting you know, on what they see on the internet now. Do you remember when like, the news was just starting to talk about Twitter? They're like tweets. They they were almost making fun of it. They were making that. fun of yeah. Twitter because they knew it was, you know, they had to be against it because it was going to change the way that they earned money and the way they told news. It, was, uh, it, it changed everything. It was actually, uh, sorry, it was actually mm-hmm. uh, an upcoming piece of technology that would subvert the overall credibility of the news. You're starting a a digital platform where yep. people can discuss not just their personal issues, but whether or not what is news. Yep. And, and on top of that, they had little analytics on the bottom that said, well, this many people saw this. And when you watch TV, you didn't know what the ratings and how many views and 
there was this behind the scenes system that you didn't know. So now it's right in front of you. So then people would just all you need is one comment of someone to go, I wonder how many uh, views this show on NBC got, you know, and then this little YouTube clicks got 7 million, right? And they might yeah. only have a hundred thousand. So you're like, well, that's more important than that because that means they've seen more times. Exactly. Whether it's the right information yeah. or not. And once people figured that out, Twitter was, you know, one of the, you know, functions, Facebook, uh, YouTube, you know, and people try to police. And that's why people can't figure out the right way to police the stuff. Because if you release the Kraken, you know what I mean? You're going to get the Kraken. And if you try to contain the Kraken, you're going to get a different type of Kraken. But, you know, and Krakens happen. What, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what's the balance? You know, that's what I'm saying. I'm about the balance. And it's hard to find. You need nowadays. a Medusa head. It's hard to, it's hard to find. And uh, by the way, I keep saying the word exactly because you're drawing, um, uh, uh, very good points on it the what it's actually a good thing but this balance that we wish to regulate you know truth and lies on the internet is our most important first amendment right yeah to or the right to express what we believe and the trick is one in the end one can say that the information they spread is an expression of their beliefs and whether or not people want to believe it is up to them. And he, the crazy thing is um, we – our only hope in this is for people to view and read maturely. Maturely in the yes. sense that whatever info they get, they have to – they just – they owe it to themselves to review whether or not what they're reading is true or not. Now, one can say, well, then you just have to assume that everyone's going to lie. Pretty much, yeah. You just have to assume that everyone wants you to believe what they're saying, mm -hmm. and you have to be the judge of it. Yeah. Ju um, you're not judging for the world. You're judging for yourself. Yeah. And you're, you need to determine whether this information sounds right or – and I know one would say, well, that means I have to read. That means I have to review. That means I have to – I mean – at, at most, you can just say, all right, I heard you. I read that. I'll consider that. Yeah. Let me see a differing opinion. Yeah. At least if one doesn't want to review info, the crazy thing is that most people, it's not they don't have time. They have time. They don't have the will or the patience to. Mm. That's my conclusion is that the reason why people are jumping to conclusions because they – May might not have the patience to stop, pause, not even investigate, but just consider or put it under advisement. I feel like there's a, there's a there's a self, you know, you have to self regulate, and you have to know, kind of, yeah. you know, hey, I know what I'm doing right now. Have some self awareness, right? Uh, but it, there, there's a there's a compare and contrast I could give you. It's like uh, kind of lost my train of thought here. I had it really good. I mean, I was ready for you. Uh, um, <laughs> Thank you, Doctor. It's your uh, show. <laughs> it, uh, in uh, real life, when uh, you're talking to somebody, like I'm sitting here telling you something, and I'm telling you how amazing of a of a, a viola player that I was back in the day, and you're sitting there, yeah, Scott, that's really cool, man, like awesome. Uh, in real life, you could be behind the scenes in your brain processing this guy is something, and he. He's full of it. You know, he's this, he's that. 
uh, or going, man, I really, man, this guy's awesome, man. He's, you know, ha- we're having a great conversation. I don't agree with everything he's saying, but we're having a good conversation and we're having it in person. Exactly. Um, then you, you'll have that person, though. There's a, there's a spectrum. You have that person. And that person, you're going to say something. And I have really good friends that are like this, and they're like my best friends. And I love them no matter what. But if I said something that was even remotely off or my, uh, you know, I, the way I said a word wasn't pronounced away, you get corrected. And when someone gets corrected a lot, you get frustrated. Yeah. And when you get frustrated, then it turns into something and probably shouldn't need to be. But and then there's people that are conversationalists that know how to weed through that or know how to support the conversation and get the correct output, you know. And then there's people that just don't and they're comp you know, everything's argumentative. And usually it's based on a self, you know, state of something that you're personally, you know, battling or going through, you know, a life experience, whatever, no judgment, but it's just off, right? The internet, you don't have that person that's right in front of you. You, If you spell something wrong on the internet, someone's going to come in and recorrect the spelling. It's like it's like almost like an internet AI database that's coming back. It's like spell check on Word, you know, or whatever. It's coming through an underline and all the mistakes. And you got to, when you look at that spell check before and you know you got to come through and fix, remember the old uh, word? You had to go fix every misspelled thing. And it'd take you hours, and you're like, I already spent hours typing this 18 pages. Now i got to go through and correct all my mistakes. But then Word came out with something that you could just hit one button, and it would fix it all for you. Yeah. You know, and it took that one part off of your brain to go, okay, I'm back to normal again. You know, I don't have to be overwhelmed with this and be frustrated. I feel like we're just creating things and then trying to find ways to level ourselves out in it and then get to the next stage and the next cool thing. And it's like, wait till we start really, really flying cars. It, we're going to be a mess. It's going to be a hot it, mess. The thing is, we're, we're, on a, we're on a locomotive of uh, <clears throat> a pretty, not even a locomotive, a bullet train of technological advancement. And, every, and with every piece of technological advancement, there is a catch. A, a catch sorry. There's a catch. And when it comes to, uh, from what you described, you know, we, on one hand, it's good to be self-conscious or not self-conscious, mm-hmm. be self-aware that um, that you what you post and what you publish is devoid of errors. Yeah. Uh, that you want people to know that you make your not only you make yourself clear, but you're saying it correctly. Yep. On the other hand, what's crazy is that when um, people read something, something that's posted, for some reason. Um, and I'm just saying the word people a lot in general. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, if you're to see a post on the internet, especially if it's a channel with many views, like again, when you say like this view has more people, so it must be the most respected one, you one might expect some form of professionalism, therefore, uh, correctly written paragraphs, truthful, uh, well-researched information, because one mishap, and they'll forget that to err is human, and they might unleash... You're not all that you say you are because you made this mistake. And when we go back during the days when we, when information was, this not even when information was published, it was published at a good rate, but audiences perceived information 
in groups. Nowadays, everyone gets information all at once. All they had to do is just click on Google Chrome or go to turn on notifications. Turn on notifications, and they get all their info. And then the whole world starts viewing information and start registering and start expressing their comments, whether it's against the author or against the content. But before that, when you just had television and newspapers, people would would uh, limit their discussions within mm-hmm. social groups. And usually those social groups were people who had an understanding with each other, unless you're in a bar. Exactly. <laughs> but... Um, but the point of now what, everybody's got a T-shirt with what they believe or who they're about, so you see them immediately, <laughs> and you know you want to attack them, and you know what color shirt you're wearing matters sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, not even a we we we're, we're like birds. We've turned colors into a, a whole thing. You know what I mean? Well, not we're not even just shirts. Now we went through the trouble of creating wristbands where a color oh, dude, every, represents a cause. Like, oh man, just so you know, I'm on this team. Oh yeah, dude, we're all dude. Me and my daughter, we buy four ocean bracelets. You know, we're on the team of saving the ocean, and they are using it, and it does help and all. We, but when you listen to the guy's story that created these, you know, companies that are, they're like, we know this is the right cause. Everybody knows this is the right cause, you know, but everybody has, you know, some kind of sub underlying reason why they're going to either, you know, pride or just denial or just not want to face or, you know, stress, whatever the case may be, just doesn't want to believe that. it. But they had to turn that into a business to make money to sell bracelets just to do the right thing to try to 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 monetize that as an industry of collecting trash rather than just letting it lay and and it had to be marketing had to lead that push and like for anything nowadays it's like we're getting so much information that it's like the marketing genius of a jingle or a, a song or Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, or uh, even a meme, a meme, a movie like idiocracy. Everybody talks about it now because it's coming true. The Simpsons, all these South episodes, uh, South, all these episodes that like what they talk about and joke about, it comes true. And we got aliens now, guys. We got biomatter that's everywhere, and it's uh, being studied all over the place. And there's aliens. They're all our friends. Like one of us three could be an alien, oh. and it's so cool <laughs> now, right? It's marketing. It is. It's all marketing that's taken us to a level of uh, uh, either uh, either we've been able to be cool enough in life to get around like-minded people to keep the hive calm and long-term, or we're all in chaos and we're charging freaking the White <laughs> House because somebody told us to, or we're uh, <laughs> flying over to Ukraine to fight for you know something that we believe in, you know, or you know, or. Maybe on the other side, when people used to join, you know, some of these groups that are in the Middle East that they believed in their ideologies, well, it, you know, and it's all what you read and what you say. It's all marketing. Well, the thing is, that is one of the roles of the arts. It's always been a vessel for uh, not just for marketing. I mean, art is supposed to be an expression, but that expression can be a vessel of a political cause of a social cause or even a marketing strategy find it in movies and uh and songs you can find it even in uh pictures and memes as you said banksy was a we even mentioned him earlier it was like he's like a kind of a uh 
this this mysterious person and he's post his art is you know for a purpose like there's something for a discussion to be had and it's almost like you know nowadays it seems like it's all about how much money you can make on that piece of art once he puts it somewhere and how fast it can get it to an auction and how uh, you know to an auction house so you can make that money on it but it's like art is always you know for a purpose and for a meaning to be talked about i don't know i mean like it's um it's surprising on how like influential the arts i mean it's not so much as uh, surprising it's the gravitas that art has on the uh psyche of people i mean even young carl young has talked about archetypes that how we based archetypes on not just on our personalities but on our characters but our archetypes can be uh, derived on things that have influenced us including the arts yeah uh, point in case the boy who idolizes a superhero and tries to live up to that person's standards mm-hmm. and they have a code and eventually they um as they grow older, they wonder whether to alter that code or stick to that yeah. code. Point in case, uh, like in Victor Hugo's Les Miserables, you mm-hmm. have Javert, uh, the policeman, who he grew up. When he was a kid, he grew up with criminals. He was just born into that class, but he did not want to be part of that. And as he, you know, he became a dedicated officer of the law, he believed that what matters was law and order doesn't matter what your intentions are. What matters is that there's order established. Mm. And he did not, be, like, it did not be, uh, matter what your character was. Yeah. If you did not re- obey the law, you have to be dealt with the consequences. But then, not only was his life saved by uh, Jean Valjean, the very man that he was hunting down, that he wanted to put into bars despite knowing that Jean Valjean had became a different person, he believed he was still a criminal deep down inside. But Jean Valjean told Javert, just let me get uh, this, uh, uh, this uh, boy, Marius, this, the, 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 the boy that his adopted daughter was in love with, to get him home, to get him taken care of. And I promise I'll come back and meet you and you can arrest me. Just let me do this one thing. Let me do this one thing for my daughter and I'll take care of you. He did not believe him. And so Javert waited for him. And Valjean returned, says, here I am. And he could not believe that such people were, that can be pure in character, can, that they can change and become better people, that he was shaken because he was truly a good person, but the, his code of the law would create an injustice to such a good person, whether to put a good person behind bars and stick to his code or to break his code and deliver a different form of justice to this good person. Mm-hmm. Hence, Javert told Jean Valjean just to leave and he threw himself off the bridge and killed himself because he could not come to terms with this code that he lived up to. Mm-hmm. And now... Yeah he realized that things change and that's a lesson that people would understand is that things change. Yeah. And this derives from how people take inspiration from art, not just in marketing or 
presentation, but there are lessons to be learned. It echoes as an examination of how things happen, circumstances to be studied, lessons that can be learned from those circumstances. Same reason why the ancient Greeks had plays and tragedies to teach lessons. In medieval times, they had morality plays. Yes, they were religious, but they had to teach lessons to the common folk to remind them why they should behave other than a nice way to keep order. But yeah, the per- or you can be a gladiator, bro, and you can fight it out and let us all for our entertainment well, that- watch it, and that's <laughs> going to teach you a lesson not to do what the gladiator did to get in there. Yeah, well, the, well the, with, with the circumstance, uh, you're talking about Maximus? Yeah, all of that yeah, stuff, yeah. That. I watched all of Spartacus, Roman Empire, all those TV series. <laughs> I watched all that stuff. I love it. But the cra- I eat that stuff up. The crazy thing about um, about art is that it coincides with this mass production of information that's been going on for over a decade. Yeah. It's It reminds me of this, um, you, you saw, saw the movie Inherit the Wind? Uh, it's based mm-hmm. on the play. It's the play in the movie is loosely based on the Scopes Monkey Trial. Okay. Teacher arrested for teaching evolution in a town in Kansas. Mm. Uh, Clarence, uh, the, the 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 defense lawyer who's based on Clarence Darrow, I think he's called Drummond in the play. He makes a speech to the jury to explain to them that. Learning evolution is not a bad thing. That to learn evolution doesn't mean you have to abandon your faith, but it's a change that you have to ex- that to embrace progress. You have to give up something that yeah. made life somewhat either accommodating or something valuable, precious. He says uh, progress has never been a bargain. You have to pay for things. He said that it's like uh, talking to a guy at a counter who says. Um, all right, sir, you can have a telephone, but you will lose privacy and the charm of distance, meaning that you will appreciate people more when you seldom communicate with them. He says um, that, mister, you may conquer the air, but the birds will lose their wonder and the clouds will smell of gasoline. And then he says that Darwin took us to a hilltop from which we can see where we came from. But to have this, we must, this is what Drummond says, that we must give up, we must give up our faith in the pleasant poetry of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Now, I think he went too far when he says we have to give up our faith. One doesn't have to give up their faith. One just has to compromise. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that compromise is an important part. And in a layman term, just I'm going to throw it on a Facebook little thing real quick. Uh, if you're in a Facebook group, Okay, and you see somebody post something uh, that you don't agree with, uh, your balance and your understanding is going to be, do I want to respond to that? Or do I want to not let that bother me and not make that about me to feel where I feel like I need to say something and just move on and let that yes. be what that is in, in a layman's term kind of uh, situation? Because I feel like that's one thing that uh, you see in these microcosms on the Internet and Oof. Even in real life, you know, with uh, just little basic, you can be with your kids, just a simple misunderstanding or feeling that you need to be heard in an area maybe you don't. I'm, I'm, I learn that lesson all the time. It's a, you know, it's something to, uh, to uh, self-analyze yourself and look at yourself and say, okay, this is something that I do that causes this to happen a whole lot. How do I fix it? 
you know, uh, it's a, it can be a very hard thing. And it's sometimes, you know, pride or not wanting to change or not even feeling like what you've done is wrong can be such a barrier to make that evolution. That's why evolution is so hard and takes so long and it's oh, so yeah. hard to process because it's like, it's, it's like that, you know, you, uh, every time I, uh, dig four feet you know three feet of sand fall in so i've only really dug one foot but man we're really down here that's why like the technology of uh, how to advance to this to this takes so long like like we're we're learning things at such a fast pace right now you know we got fusion happening and we got these blockchains and stuff that are going down like i'm not even talking about cryptocurrency but it's just a blockchain of a hundred little storage files that all are encrypted together that all these things that connect and it has not been hacked yet. And there's people all over the world that are just trying to hack this, you know, thing and how to solve this. Just like when the internet first came out and everybody wanted to learn how to, you know, create these little generators to get every password as fast as possible to see if I can hack into this website and figure (laughs) stuff out, you know? So the knowledge and the, like the knowledge is, is we're wanting it at this speed of light right now, you know, hypersonic, we want everything immediately as fast as possible across oceans. You know, I want, if you said something happened over here in France, I want to know about it in Florida within, you know, half of a millisecond, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, that's, well, that's what, that's uh, the catch in that we, and then we're playing catch up. Well, like going back to the, we'll go back to now the, the analogy of the, of the, of the bartering counter. Yeah. We getting all this info on the spot. We, there's so much, not just, in like uh, news or information, but you know forms of art that's coming our way. But at the same time, there's so much that it's too much to take in, too much to, and not only that, but immediate reaction at the same time. So yeah. you can have all your news on the spot. You can have it come straight to your home, yeah. but you will not have the time to take it in. You will not have the privilege to share it. Well, with one person or another, it just explodes suddenly. Yeah, we got NFTs. We've made, we've like dove into that. Like, there's artists like Beeple that you know he was a great digital artist and very well known. And he yeah. took some new technology and a trend, and he like went out there and made like sixty eight million dollars on a piece of art and made Whoa. it. You know, and they, I mean, all the stuff. So you have people like Banksy that kind of, you know, back in, you know, there was a Warhol and people that were doing their crazy stuff back in the day. You had on the media side, you had a, what's the guy from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Um, Actor? Hunter. Hunter. Hunter uh, S. Thompson. Hunter S. Thompson. You know, he had his way. And it's uh, like, I feel, I feel like. I don't want to. I don't want to frame this in a way. What needs to happen, and we'll jump off of here. I know we've been yeah, I can do talking this for uh, an hour and a half right now. <laughs> so, it's been it's been, it's been uh, So I I just say you know I'll figure out a break within this, and but uh, we do we're gonna keep talking and we're, we want to keep adding on to this after we're done, you I know because right. I feel it was really good conversation. Oh, likewise. Uh, cool. You know what I mean? It's I love talking deep like this and i don't have people to talk too deep like this sometimes and i'll go over to t's house sometimes and like he's someone i can talk deep with and he'll get into it too and i just i just love this type of conversation yeah we're so glad to have you here yeah Shay. i appreciate For it real. big time man yeah. because like like that's what you know uh 
we all learn or like uh, as kids, you know, like here's your five news stations. Here's, you know, your four channels on TV. You can learn stuff from then there's the Internet. You can go get all this information and chat back and forth with people, you know, and social media blows up. And then all of a sudden podcasting kind of starts to happen. And there's all these, these certain people doing radio podcasts. And uh, it, it went to uh, Joe Rogan. And uh, there's all these different podcasters. You know, there's these true crime ones that are like, you know, getting you into the stories of what really happened. But uh, there's uh, if there's Lord of the Rings, if there's a TV show that's amazing or a series that's amazing out there, there's a podcast that you can actually oh, yeah. go on. And there's people talking about it. As soon as the episode's over, you can go on a live thing and listen to people talk about it. And like Silas, uh, my son, spends more time watching people game on YouTube and following people's YouTube channels, he doesn't watch TV series. There's not one TV series that he could say, I watch all the time. Not one. And all the kids that we know all say that, There's right? so many of them. It's, it, it's insane. It's, like, it's, it's amazing, but it's insane at the same time. My Netflix my Netflix queue, not just Netflix, I have more than one app. Even But, like, even on YouTube, there are podcasts with episodes that I... Uh, I like uh, even Two Bears, One K. Oh, I love Yo Two Ma- Bears, yeah. Yo Mama's uh, um, Critical Drink. All of the, like, Tiger Belly. Oh, uh, that's uh, a good one. <laughs> dude, uh, what's the one with, oh, man, mess, there's, there's one. A Fighter and the Kid. Oh, there's uh, another one. That was a great one. Brandon Schaub uh, was an MMA guy turned comedian. Uh, but oh, yeah, but all of these guys, like, like uh what do the, what do they do? These guys are thinking the same thing that I feel like a lot of us think is like okay, I can go home and be a, a zombie and watch the same things and 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 okay, National Geographic's amazing and Bill Nye the Science, all this interesting stuff, man. It, it's gravitating you if you want. Now we can have these conversations and we can listen to people that are having these conversations with these guys that are, you have to pay money to listen to these guys because you have to go to Harvard, you have to go to a certain school. To get this doctor, or to get uh, this philosopher, to get this uh, scientist, to get this uh, um, uh, dietitian, get whatever you know this person is, you can find a podcast and you can listen to a long form podcast while you're driving, while you're doing anything. I when I read, you know, I fall asleep. <laughs> I can listen to stuff and I can multitask and do things and listen to stuff and I absorb it and I just it makes me think and it makes me like. I feel like I've learned more by being able to listen to other people uh, talk and not, they're not acting like they know what's right or wrong. They're just having a conversation. And a lot of people, when they hear like a podcast or a conversation, I don't like that podcast because I just don't believe everything that he says. And it's like, it's not about believing what people say all the time. It's about just listening and taking the information and picking little bits and pieces that might have be meaningful to you. You don't want to download everything from anybody. And that's where I feel like the desensitization needs to happen. It, it kind of flows out what I'm saying is uh, we're all so worried about whatever the people are doing or seeing or thinking or talking about or believing in. And it's like we need to to get over ourselves. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, all this data and all this stuff that's combusting. And I don't think it's anything that's this dangerous thing or anything. I just think that more and more people got to hear other people saying things like, you just need to let bygones be bygones. Move on. Everything's not about you. If that person says a word wrong or in a wrong way or says something mean, who knows what's going on? If he says something that's more of a, 
you know, dig on your culture or something like that. That's not cool. And stand up for yourself, but but be respect that. Un- There's a way to talk to somebody to get a better result than just anger or upsetness oh, yeah. or frustration. We need to like the more we can let things move on, the more information I think we can absorb and retain and process in a in a safer, better pipeline. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. The um, and thing is like whether it's whether these uh, unpleasant memories come in the form of the way how someone spoke to you or. Uh, or if you have done something embarrassing that it's painful to remember, um, these things, even like moving on, doesn't mean forgetting about them. They will recur. They will come back to you. Yep. What matters is how you react to them. Will you yeah. let them get you down? Um, <laughs> the, I remember I had a conversation with. I think I don't know if you were there, TLS, having a conversation with Monica about it. Uh, uh, what the Greeks. Um, it was uh, similar to a concept of the Greeks called the fates, spirits mm. or uh, uh, entities which plague a person who has done wrong or has uh, committed something uh, taboo. Mm. It plagues you. Now, in the human psyche, um, I guess, I'm, I'm just, um, I'm, uh, with, without further research, I'm guessing that, you know, what, when a person is plagued with um, unpleasantness, whether they read something that upsets them or hear something that upsets them or someone says something that upsets them or they have done something that they know <laughs> puts them in a spot where they know, yeah, I messed up there. Yeah. In the end, it's like what you said, let bygones be bygones. It's equivalent to that of considering what you're reading, yeah. not to jump to conclusions. Don't jump conclusions about yourself. Don't jump to conclusions about people. We all make mistakes. We all have differing opinions. What matters is, am I going to antagonize those I know? Am I going to antagonize within my, my myself, within my own conscience? Mm-hmm. No, n- knowing that in the long run, it's going to cause problems with me. Yeah. And understandably... When we're in the moment, we seldom see the we seldom see the uh, that insight. Yeah, but again, that's what we need to and, and chill we'll, out. We'll, yeah. we'll dig on this more, guys. And yeah. I I feel like it's like there's we got religion, right? Yeah. A lot of religions, you know, at their core, you know, it's about trying to find your inner peace and your soul and having a a pure soul, you know, and living in the best way possible there's always like a you know a thing to that it's a commonality that we all want to have that inner peace and that happiness and that uh you know and uh, it's it's a hard thing to do and the internet just made it harder pretty much oh yeah so with that big web of um you can have like a choice fatigue with all this Mm -hmm. and you got me thinking choice fatigue i like that 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 che sent me a, a birthday card recently it kind of made me vibe on this, uh, like where are you at, you know, or are you, you know, you got the poo vibe all the time or what kind of vibe you got, you know, what are you rocking on average? And, and he wrote me this, uh, he quote from Marcus Aurelius that, that made me want to be like, I'm going to keep my paintbrush out and I'm going to be painting my soul with good yeah. vibes instead of the poo vibe. The quote was that the, Oh, uh, so see, I'm trying to remember the quote that I wrote down. About coloring your soul. See, coloring the soul. Oh, 
come on. What, what, I'm going to find what, it. And I remember. Yeah, I'm going to beat. I'm going to beat Che to it. Please, please find. Uh, I remember well when I wrote it down for you. Uh, as, um, Your soul is colored. Uh, let's see. Let me, let me check it out as well. Hold on a sec. What on, what on earth? Why is it escaping me? Why is it when it comes to information and I would normally retrieve it? The soul becomes dyed yeah, with there the you color go. There we go. of its thoughts. So you're rocking what yeah. vibes. Mm. You just got to make sure this is choice fatigue, but you can't be wearing that me. Yeah. I can't be wearing that poo vibe or the yeah. disgruntled vibe because it takes a pie wedge Away from me, that could be like a hell yeah vibe or a chill vibe. You know what? You're you've actually uh, been someone over the last couple of years of my life to help uh, with that vibe. Cool. Um, Likewise. And, uh, awesome. Like in a Back very big both. way because you know we I have circles of friends that uh, they're my favorite people in the whole world. I love everything about them. Um, but as you grow and you're seeking a certain type of, uh, transcendence. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's having, uh, like a circle of positivity. Maybe you need, maybe you're down and need that lift up, you know, you have to, need it like water. You do, man. And, uh, I, I was at a point, I felt like I really needed it. And, uh, you know, everybody gives it in their own ways, you know, and it's, uh, all accepting, but certain people elevate you, man. And, uh, you, you made me, you know, inner think about things and uh try to be better with those things and it's uh because you got that paintbrush in your hand you're literally yeah. painting your own you're dying your it's own fine, soul it's yeah. find that those people that try to make you better whether it's financially whether it's you know us uh mentally whatever the case may be you know we, we all are healers in, in some way don't invest in the poo vibes yeah man Scroll, as, scroll past it. As yeah. someone with a cut, we're reminded it will heal. It will heal in time. Was with a right. friend. Um, one reminds you, just so you know, you're not as bad as you think you are. You're, yeah. <laughs> no. That's a good point. No one's born. I don't think anyone is uh, born to. Um, no one is. No one's born to become such an, a negative aspect for others. It's based mm -hmm. on the choices that they make. Yep. But with the right environment, with the most accommodating environment, mm -hmm. and that environment consists of supportive friends, mm -hmm. one doesn't necessarily need to have sycophants in mm -hmm. their life. Yep. But people who are kind, supportive, the opposite of toxic. It would be nice to have like people that listened and followed me and did everything I asked them to do. <laughs> Timothy you know, There is a balance. I feel like I can have a balance in my life and have be a tight like have people follow me and do what my bidding. <laughs> well, I, I just I just want my hey, uh, my love to nice be perfect at the same time. If people just worship me all the time That'd and just be nice. and just liked all of my videos. I think to me that would be something. And then eventually <laughs> I would just hate the fact that so many people like me so much. Like it's so annoying. People just want to talk to me and get my picture. <laughs> Alright guys. Uh this was a great episode to be continued. That was so much fun. Yeah, uh, we got a dude, thanks for coming. Thank yeah, you, Scott. Thank you so much. We'll, uh, we'll mix it up too. Like uh we got get some ideas to where we can, uh, eventually like we gotta get T Studio back to going again. Yeah. And once we get it going, we're gonna be doing podcast over there. Oh yeah. Uh we're gonna be doing some portable. There was one I know you guys were gonna set up, I think you had some car trouble or something. 
but he uh, had this whole thing set up. He had like some wine and some candle lit thing out back. And you guys had the whole like jungle behind you and uh, all the tall grasses. I think he even had some gators that he brought there from Frank. I think Frank brought gators to do gator calls in the background for ambiance. Yeah. And then uh, you had a car issue or something. And then he was like, he was really like sad about it. And I lifted him up and told him that you probably did it on purpose, but nah. it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I love to evade things by lying. <laughs> I, I just, that, that doesn't make me a bad person. It just no. makes me a false person. You know, <laughs> it, it gives us tips on what we're supposed to do. And we don't want to do things that we don't want to do. Yeah, Gee, I'm sorry, man, but my sister's in town all weekend. There's no way I can it's do over. it. We just, we just need to present our friends with false information. Yeah. It's up to them to not wonder if we're uh, lying to them. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, I have an important announcement to make. Sure. No, I don't. Uh, so a smart alecky vulture lands next to his buddies who are macking on a carcass. And all these buddies stop gorging for a second, and they turn their beaks toward their newly arrived pal. And guess what he said? Carry on. <laughs> Daisies in a tube top, screaming from the top of her lungs. This all ends tonight. Just killer. Oh, dude, that was awesome.